0: Hi, I'm B. Hi, I'm Audrey. This is Triple F Dodcast. The podcast where we vent about those faithful furry fucks we call our own. Ready when you are. Are you ready now? Yeah. Well, I had to check some stuff. We had some scary, you know, audio issues last week. I spent like six hours record or editing that episode because so oh my much God. so much of it was like trying to convert it and move it from app to app until I was able to get it out. But it, it happened.
1: Yeah that's pretty bad. That's terrifying. So I'm just being careful. Okay. That works.
0: Hi, I'm B. Hi, I'm Audrey. This is uh triple F Dogcast. Dogcast. How how was your week, Audrey? It was okay. Do, do you um, have any weird shit to tell us about?
1: I do. It actually happened this morning. I know I have this theory about seasonal depression, but today Sherlock kind of disproved my theory because he was just an asshole for no reason. <laughs> okay. Before I was saying, you know, he was an asshole because of cold weather, but it's he's just an asshole.
0: I mean, um, yeah.
1: So we were walking, and we were on the end of our walk and he kind of just like started like lagging behind me he stopped and then i realized because there's another dog over there that he wanted to say hi to so i stopped and he just kind of like looked up at this husky and then took a sniff and then in his face was like (laughs) and i was like what the fuck i don't know where it came from
0: i mean it was so weird Okay, so if we call it, um, you know, unexpected reactivity or something like that, like, he he just barked? Did he try to bite? Did he try to jump on the dog? Or he just kind of, like, did ugly barks in his face? I mean, he didn't do, like, teeth barks. Like, there wasn't,
1: um, like, snarling or anything like that. But he just, like, got in his face and started barking.
0: What kind of energy was the other dog putting out? Calm. Huh exactly yeah it's, it's weird so weird it's unfortunate too. normally
1: sherlock reacts like and i don't blame him he always reacts to puppies because he just is like i don't have time for this shit and he just doesn't like them because they just want to like jump on top of him and he doesn't like i guess he doesn't like feeling like the smaller dog <laughs> so like when big puppies are like Like all leggy, you know, like when they do that thing when they
0: like punch their legs on top. They they smash the small dogs into the ground. He was like, get the fuck away from me.
1: But this husky, it was like, yeah, it was a bigger dog. But Sherlock, you know, if he doesn't want to say hi to someone, he just walks away. But he stopped because he wanted to say hi to him. And we were ahead of the dog. He (laughs) purposely stopped to stay back. It was like
0: he stopped so he could pick a fight.
1: Yeah, and so, like, they're like this, and, like, they just kind of, like, pin, go, into, and then he goes, rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> and the husky just kind of, like, walked away. Good husky. And the owner, well, the owner, yeah, good husky, seriously, because was being a dick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tricky when I'm, like, training people's dogs. A lot of times, they will talk about these, like, outlier moments where the dog behaves in a way that you haven't. Typically seen them behave.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: you have a pretty good read on Sherlock. You know, kind of, what kinds of dogs he's going to react to, um, what his mood's like on a general day. So, it is surprising when you have a day where he goes kind of like yeah. against the grain. Um, I think the important thing to remember when you have these like weird days is that sometimes it just is that your dog is having like a weird day. You know, like we have good days and bad days. And you and I've spoken about like, ang- well, we talked about anxiety last week. Um, If you think about your dog's like anxiety level, um, like one of those like big cartoon thermometers um, with like Mm -hmm. red mercury that like burst at the top. Um, Yeah. So when the thermometer fills up all the way with anxiety, they have that explosion, they have that eruption of -hmm. barking, snapping, whatever it is. Um, Things that we don't notice can be filling up that that thermometer. So I don't know what it was in that moment, but it, it could have been a combination of a weird smell he smelled walking yeah. over there, you know, and whatever it is. Or he just saw that dog and was like, I don't fucking like this dog. <laughs> what do you think of this theory? Is
1: that I, so we've been doing like hour long walks in the morning and, you know, he comes home and he's exhausted. So I, the last couple of days I was making fun of him because I was like, he's being like a little dictator on his walks. Like, Anyway, he wants he I want to go. He doesn't want to go. So then like, I let him go his way. So I was like, maybe I'm giving him too much control. And like, maybe he is legitimately a little dictator. Um, is that do you think like, there's anything to that? I mean, that's just me looking into things too much.
0: I will say that that's a really bad thing that you're doing and you shouldn't let him choose the direction that he goes. After that,
1: after he did snapped at
0: the dog, I was like, okay, no more. Yeah. Once in a while, sure. Let your dog choose. But when you start to um, respond to every single request your dog makes, uh, they don't do super well when you tell them to leave it or tell them not, we're not going to do this or whatever it is, uh. It's also a good way to teach pulling, but we'll talk about that later. I'll I'll have a personal conversation <laughs> with you about you letting your dog steer you on walks. Uh, it could be a combination of of that. I mean, do you, Freya gets um, snappier. I don't oh, snappy. Freya gets uh, less social the more tired she is. So, mm. like, towards the end of a dog park trip or towards the end of a walk... Um, that's when she's more likely to be uncomfortable around another dog because I guess she doesn't feel like she has the energy to outrun it or something like that. So maybe it was the end of the walk. That I mean, still he initiated the interaction, which is the – Spooky does that shit too, though.
1: I'm like, why couldn't you just leave this dog alone? Like, why (laughs) did you have to stop?
0: Here's another question. Were you – was the leash tight? It's like a five-foot leash. You weren't – but were you – pulling on the leash
1: like we're no I had I had kept walking and then I walked to the end of it and I felt that he was on the way in sitting down
0: okay but when did you walk back to him or did you just let that husky come up to him with the leash still taut? it was still taut. that's your problem and it's not your whole problem but it's it's part of your yeah, problem because I just like saw it and I just like leaned back and I was like okay like sniff the dog uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's this weird thing um where when the leash gets tight the dog feels a little bit more claustrophobic um, and mm-hmm. if they're claustrophobic they're yeah. gonna be like get out of my space you know so I've I've worked with reactive dogs before who um, if the leash is loose they can walk up to another dog just fine but when you tighten the leash to pull them away so you can continue the walk that's when the dogs are explodes and the owner's like what the fuck like (laughs) you were just fine two seconds ago when your noses were together and what it is is when you pull on that leash um you take the flight option away from the fight or flight instinct they can't run away they're they're tied up they're caged and so they they react um so i would venture to guess that that was part of your issue it was a combination Mm -hmm. of one maybe he was tired two uh the leash was tight and three sherlock's a dick (laughs) <laughs> yeah is that that was your weird shit yeah how's that for weird shit are you satisfied with um your answer i
1: suppose <laughs> i just you know when you're having such a good time and then like they are a dick it's, it, sucks it the feels fun out of it it really does suck the you fun feel out of it. down i'm like i'm like you know we were having such a nice time and then you've had to ruin it
0: i always feel a little betrayed because like yeah <laughs> It's like, you know, we put ourselves out here together to, like, enjoy ourselves, and you're embarrassing me. Yeah, yeah,
1: he did it in front of so many people, too. My
0: My dogs are getting kind of reactive living in this neighborhood. We've been here for almost two years now, and there's just so many dogs, and some of them are off-leash, and sometimes there's houses, like, I walked them this morning, and there was a house with four pits behind the fence, and they just went bonkers, you know? <laughs> They're, like, climbing up yeah. each other and barking and screaming, and my dogs just can't not react to that and so it's kind of starting to, yeah. to gear up and I, I'm going to have to work on it again because it really really does spoil the mood of like my beautiful evening walk when I know I hate monsters. feeling frustrated yeah have we done a reactivity episode I guess that's our next subject I guess so um Thanks, okay so I looked into some of the stuff that we talked about last week I wanted to share a okay. few things
1: let's hear it
0: So, I went researching um, the concept of mirroring behaviors and uh, mimicking human behavior. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I learned a couple interesting things. I'm kind of hesitant, I will say right off the bat, I'm hesitant to um, put a lot of weight in either of these articles I pulled up because both of them used like really super small uh, sample sizes. Um, But one example let's see, this article is from 2013. Uh, it's a study, it was published by, um, Proceedings of the Royal Society B, I don't know what that means. Um, no, I, that. I don't know, but okay, so what the, the study was, was that they had a owner open a sliding glass door and then close it, so it was between them and the dog, and see if the dog tries to open the sliding glass door, like the owner did, to get to the other side. Um... They did it with both, like, touching with hands and paws and touching with head and and head. Uh, But here's the thing is, so they they came to the conclusion that, yes, dogs can mimic the behavior of of the human um, because the human would open the sliding glass door and then the dog would open the sliding glass door. But two things about this article I found really concerning was, one, they only used 10 dogs. Only 10 dogs is not going to give you any sort of real understanding on this the other thing that kind of, um, concerned me was, um, they taught the dogs how to open the sliding glass door first. So they taught the dog the trick and then they're saying, oh, well the human opens the sliding glass door. So then the dog does. And I think that's, um, misleading. Totally. Because that's just the same thing as like, my dog knows how to ring the door, the bell on the door when she needs to go outside. If I go over and touch the bell, she'll touch the bell. Because that's what we did when we were learning it. Yeah. So I thought that one was kind of odd. Um, but they are saying that dogs can, can mimic um, human behavior in that, in that way. That they can watch a human and they can mimic the behavior. But this is one of the only articles I could find. And it doesn't really seem like there's real research behind mm. it. Um, there's another thing I looked into. And part of the reason I went searching for articles was because the, when I went through dog training school, uh, it was like 2008, and so a lot has changed. A ton has changed in um, yeah. the field of animal psychology. So uh, the other article is from 2015 is talking about um, split-second mirroring, which is what happens with humans where like, if I smile, you smile. Just like yeah. the, the natural um, reflection of that, that dogs also do this with each other. And so dogs mimic another dog's body behavior. And I I, I wanted to mention this because I also said last week that I wasn't sure dogs could look at each other and mirror behavior. Um, The jury's still out if a dog can look at another dog like spinning in a circle and learn how to spin in a circle. But this um, study says that dogs can mirror split second mirror um, emotions from other dogs, so if oh. if one dog is scared and nervous, the other dog will see that and kind of tuck its ears back and and hunch over and and show that nervous um, sort of expression. I think that's really interesting. I do think dogs pick up on each other's moods like that, and uh, this article goes as so far to say that this is Proof that dogs can feel empathy um, And then they started to connect that To can dogs feel empathy And do split second mirroring And that sort of stuff with humans And they don't have any real um, answers on that But I thought that was interesting They're starting to research those sorts of things uh, That's I don't, so cute I don't even, you know, animal psychology is so wild Because a dog can't tell you
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, right, if only
0: I... Okay, so like And I'll, and I'll put this back in where I need to But like an example of... Um, Teaching the dog to open the sliding glass door and then saying that the dog is mimicking you for opening the sliding glass door when really I think it's an association between a learned behavior and um, a stimuli, which is you touching the door or going through the door. Uh, there's also like there's that popular gif online that cycles every so often it's like two firefighters or two police officers or something in a hallway and they're doing push-ups and there's a belgian malinois between them and every time they go down to the ground he lays and then when they push up he sits and he does the puppy push-up while they're doing it wait i
1: saw a video on facebook of a dog trying to mimic his owner doing like lunges or something yeah okay It was like this Great Dane and the owner's like doing lunges across the floor and the dog like, it's just like staring at him and it's like, what is he doing? And then he starts lowering his body down and then coming back up and like doing, it was so funny. Oh, you sent me a video. I did.
0: Confused Great Dane tries to do lunges with its owner. (laughs) Let's see what this is like. Okay, so this video, he's, I, I will argue this one, he's not doing lunges, it's very cute, he's doing play bows, um, he's play bowing because he thinks his dad is play bowing, and he's just play. so maybe in this instance, he's seeing his human do something, and he's not like, hmm, what are lunges, I'm confused, I should try to learn lunges, instead he's looking at his owner, he's like, wow, dad's yeah, he's play bowing, play bowing like, mm-hmm. right. so every single one of those lunges is a play bow. Ah! But it's so cute. He's so cute. He's so cute. He, like, because he thinks the dad is play-bowing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of it. Like, you know, I think it's a two-way street. Dogs are seeing things in us that look dog-like, and we're seeing things in our dogs that look human-like. And I think that helps us, if we're talking about empathy, it helps us all yeah. stay connected. That's true. All right, let's connect to our canines. Canine Connection. Okay, today
1: we're going to talk about kids and dogs. So I think first things first, we should talk about how, you know, if you have kids or are planning on having kids or have nieces or nephews, you should know, they should know how to properly greet a dog. Yeah. I think sometimes kids will do like the first, like they'll ask, but then they won't do anything else, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I think they need to know all. And I think there's like three steps, really. Okay, tell me your three steps. Okay, so I would say ask permission. Hi, may I pet your dog, please? Yes, you can pet my dog. And then they should extend their hand out and let the dog sniff them. Mm -hmm. And then they should gently pet the dog on their back, Mm
0: -hmm. not
1: on their head. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of kids think... Dogs want to be pent on their head, and most dogs
0: hate it. Just as like a yeah, just like as a note in general, a lot of people like pat their animals or like slap their animals as like a like they think that's like they bop them on the head or they like smack (laughs) them real hard. Like um, usually, a dog prefers petting or gentle scratching. Um, That like rhythmic hand bonking on their head is not most. I would say like labs and golden retrievers like that. Um yeah. <laughs> like Freya I can like gently like bonker on the head with my hand and she she thinks it's yeah. fun but like when a little kid comes up and and slaps the dog in the face that's obviously an issue. Yeah.
1: And I think it's also because like it's kind of you know kids don't really know to pet them on their back. Um I think it's oh, I think it's okay to when you say yes you can pet my dog pet him gently and tell them where to pet your dog. You know like no, he likes it when you pet him gently on his back.
0: As an owner, you need to take responsibility for your part of the interaction. Um, you know, tell them they have to ask permission. Explain to them to put a fist out to sniff, and then tell them exactly where to pet your dog. You know your dog. Where does your dog like to be pet? Um, I another thing about sniff. You said put the extend your hand slowly. Extend your hand and, and let them sniff. The reason I like to use a fist is because there's two reasons. One, a lot of times a closed fist means there's treats inside of it. And so it's a very um, friendly way to approach the dog. They're like, ooh, something cool. Two, when you come at the dog with open fingers, a lot of the times it looks like teeth or like something (laughs) kind of hostile coming down towards them. Um, I wrote a poem about this.
1: You did?
0: Yeah, I wrote a little poem um, to read to kids to help them learn the steps to um, properly greeting a dog, and you're not allowed to make fun of me.
1: Okay, I want this performance now.
0: Okay, here we go. (laughs) I'm ready. Permission from the owner, a sniff from the dog, pet her neck or lower, do not stay too long. Say thank you to the owner, say thank you to the dog, pet yourself on the back for such a good job. If your puppy jumps, quick, be a tree. You can help your puppy learn to be still like me. Fold in your branches, look to the sky. Calm puppies are safe puppies, I cannot lie. Oh, that's so good. So, permission to teach your kids my polite greeting poem. It has um, the the bonus uh, verse about if the dog jumps up on the kid what to do.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I, that was a twist I did not see coming.
0: Yeah, you looked excited when I said it. But it's also an important yeah, part of it. Yeah, I thought
1: it was over, and then, like, it kept going, and it was about something. That's a really good point, so I was excited.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, you know, okay, so great. You you um, told the kid to wait until, you know, um, the dog is sniffed, or you've explained where to pet the dog, and then the kid reaches down and pets your dog on the neck, and your dog jumps up and gives this child a black eye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's your responsibility, too. That's cute. That's very nice. Um, I also just have some other generic tips about kids and dogs. What else, what else is on, you know, what ideas come to your mind? Um, I think, you know, I live in a very kid heavy
1: community. So desensitizing Sherlock to a lot of things kids do. So like there's like a million and one scooters in this neighborhood. So desensitizing Sherlock to kids like rooming past him on a scooter because he does react to motorcycles. Um, so getting him used to that and also just like, you know, kids make noises, kids scream, they cry, um, they're loud. So just also desensitizing them to, uh, those noises is also super helpful because even if you don't want to have kids, like chances are your dog at some point or another will be around kids. And, you know, Sherlock is around um, my boyfriend's niece a lot, and it's not that great because she has, like you know, she has a little pit bull dog, so the pit bull tolerates anything. Right. Sherlock does not.
0: I think you made a really good point about getting your dog used to the sounds, um, just like going to a park and sitting down and, and giving your dog some treats while you're there and just being like, these noises aren't, Super scary. Because you're right, like, I'm not planning on having kids. I work with people who have kids. I know people who have kids. And even if I didn't know people who had kids, here's here's the real thing is when a kid starts coming down the sidewalk and is coming towards you to pet your dog, sometimes you don't get the chance to say, don't pet my dog. Sometimes you don't get the chance to say, wait for permission. Sometimes that kid just arrives and... um You know, Sticks their hands in your dog's face And sticks their face in your dog's face And when that kind of stuff happens You want to know that your dog has at least interacted With children at some point Yeah
1: 100% you never know what's going to happen And kids are totally unpredictable They're totally unpredictable (laughs) And you know if anything happens to a kid At the end of the day The dog owner is always going to be at blame Oh yeah That's how it
0: is most of the time, I mean, it's unfortunate too, because I've worked with a lot of rescue dogs and sometimes you get like a two or a three year old rescue dog out of the shelter and six weeks, eight weeks into their new home, the dog bites one of the kids. And, you know, and they, they want to, they want solutions so that they know it'll never happen again. And there is no promise it will never happen again. Your dog has shown that it feels sometimes feels nervous around kids and you just either have to make the decision to keep them separate or rehome the dog which is usually what we encourage people to do is to rehome into a home that um doesn't have kids at home where you can better regulate whether kids come in contact with the dog or not uh yeah okay so the fact that kids are noisy stresses dogs out yeah uh the fact that they're unpredictable they move suddenly they move quickly mm-hmm. um you mentioned that your niece uh like tugs and pulls on her dog yeah. plays yeah. very physically rough with her dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's uh tricky because that's how dogs want to play with each other. Uh, but it's not necessarily how dogs want to play with people. And so when you yeah. come at a puppy, really a kid comes at a puppy, really rough, it can scare them. They can pinch them, pull their tail, pull their ears. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough. I wish like, I mean,
1: I don't know. I, I sure, like, never had to be exposed to kids, like, in that kind of a way until, you know, she had her baby. Because, you know, no one else in my family has a baby. Um, but, you know, like, he's fine with, you know, kids walking by and, like, petting him and scooters and all that stuff. But having, like, a baby in the same room as the dog changed things a lot.
0: Yeah, I talked to – actually, I had a – um consultation last night um with an old client of mine back from the early early days at the pet store um who's pregnant now and she's expecting her first kid and her dog is like six years old now and and she wants uh to make sure she's prepared and you know we talked on skype for like an hour and it was it's just hard to know what it's going to be like until you're in the situation with the dog. Yeah. You can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan and not know how that dog is going to respond to the sound of a crying baby. But you can do certain things like um, go hang out where there's crying babies, like the park, or um, take your dog out to lunch with somebody who you know who has a baby or a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but really start with the boundaries. You know, Don't just go straight into... Immersion therapy and throw your dog <laughs> into a playground with a bunch of kids and think it's going to go well. Um, you know, it was a funny thing that um I learned on that consult yet yeah, last night was uh she told me that her friends when they had their baby to get the dog to like like the baby they smeared peanut butter on the bottom of their baby's foot and they let the dog lick it off. <laughs> Does that not sound like the worst idea in the world to you? That sounds awful. <laughs> like they're going to
1: accidentally, like, eat their foot off.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do with a small, vulnerable f- child, I- an infant baby in your home is teach your dog that there's food there,
1: <laughs> you know? like Well, they learn pretty quickly because kids drop
0: shit all the time. That's true. Dogs do follow the kids around and eat. Um, I just, I just would hate for your like dog to go pawn at your little baby. And I don't mean malicious, ma- maliciously, <laughs> the dog's not going to eat the baby, but I don't want your dog to hyper fixate on the baby. Yeah. Um, you know, every time I sniff this kid, I get food because you're going to have a dog that's just like pushing your infant around the floor all the time. Seriously. Like a Kong. It's like a Kong. <laughs> I don't really usually recommend associating kids and do- uh, kids with food in your dog's point of view. And I actually, cause it's going to happen anyway. Like you said, kids drop food all the time.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that's tough because once the kids are eating foods like that, they drop food all the time. Mm -hmm. And then it does become a game for the kids too. They like to drop the food.
0: I know. I worked with a family recently that has a six year old and a 10 year old. uh, And then they had a lab puppy, a black lab puppy and it was really hard. It was really hard on their family. It was really hard for me as a trainer working with them because, you know, first of all, the kids wanted to do the training and they wanted to deliver the treats, except the puppy was really nippy. And so, you know, they would try to give him the treat and he would bite or nip. And they would drop all the other treats, or they would, they started like just dropping the treats on the ground instead of handing it to his mouth because they were scared of his mouth, which broke his stay. And there was all these like complications. Um, You know, puppies are attracted to things that move quickly, they like to chase stuff. And these girls would run around the yard, and their 50 pound, you know, lab, nine month old lab puppy would just bowl them over. And that's really hard to train. Because there is no moment in between, oh, they're having fun and they're playing normally, and suddenly my dog has tackled the kid. And, and what we did with that family is we or, we created a lot of different games that incorporated the kids but focused on the dog. There There was things we could do to help teach the dog how to be patient and calm around the kids. But I'm also not a huge fan of getting a large breed puppy when you have a kindergartner in the house. The yeah. dog is going to be bigger than the kid before the kid gets bigger than the dog.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty brave getting a puppy with uh, small children, too.
0: I had a client get um, a Burmese mountain dog, a Burmese mountain dog with a uh, five-year-old kid.
1: Oh, my gosh. I could not.
0: A six-month-old burner is like 90 pounds.
1: (laughs) Is that what you call them, burners?
0: Burners. One of my favorite breeds. I'm going to have one one day, someday. Or, like hates them they're good with kids but not babies
1: <laughs> <laughs> no they're huge
0: that those ages the the toddler until like I feel like seven eight years old is when kids really can like as far as the kids I've worked with can really start holding their own in dog training um, yeah. But prior to them, that, they can't, They're just. They don't have it yet. Seven, eight years old, you start telling kids, like, here's the rules, and they start to obey the rules and teach their parents the rules, and they're actually really super useful to the process. Mm-hmm. But yo- younger than that, they can't resist the desire to just touch the puppy, play with the puppy, love the puppy. Yeah, It can really fuck a puppy up because by the time the dog is an adult, it has no boundaries. Uh, it probably reacts negatively. Here's an example. My parents got me a kitten when I was five years old. Uh I was way too young to have a cat. I was way too young for a pet. Um, You know, and I would take that kitten and, like, walk around with him in, like, my overalls pockets and, like, strap him into baby strollers and, (laughs) like, you know, dress him up like a, a doll. And he... Oh, my God. Guess who was a really mean cat when he grew up? Yeah. You know, because I was a little kid and I was like, whatever, he's scratching me. I'm fine. Like, he'll get over it. No, he's not going to get over it. <laughs> um, so I created a really mean cat. And like in my older years, you know, I just let him be a mean cat. And, and that was, I understood that that came from the fact that I was very young him. and irresponsible with him, you know. And so I just, not a huge um, fan of it. But if you do have a young kid and a young dog, um, or just a young kid and a dog, or whatever it is, um, you know, there there are things that you can, you can do. Uh, I like to teach settle down for kids.
1: That's a great one. Yeah. So settle down is when you kind of have like a little designated, you know, bed or towel or mat, and you can just tell your dog to settle down and they'll just go retreat to that spot and lay down and relax.
0: It's super useful. Uh, I, I actually, this was one of the things that we worked on last night in prep for having the baby is like sometimes dogs get jealous when you're uh, nursing or spending time with the baby or whatever, is establishing a settle down blanket so that the dog has its comfortable space to go to when you're doing that. And the way the blanket works is if you properly associate it, and this is something we will put on uh, the Patreon, um, but if you properly associate the blanket to um, the feeling of being calm, what you can do is you can pull that blanket down and make your dog take a nap. And it's really super useful. And you don't, it doesn't have to be every single blanket. You can have like one special blanket that comes out when it's time to be calm while the kids are playing and you build really strong associations to doing, you know, lay stays on that blanket and getting um, treats for being calm on that blanket and getting to chew on bully sticks on that blanket. And, even when you don't have any of those things, you can re- lay that special blanket down on the ground and your dog goes, yeah. "Wow, I guess I feel sleepy. And they walk over to their blanket I and take feel a nap. sleepy. Dog training is amazing like that. Yeah. Settle down is one of my favorite cues. I use it in a thousand different situations, but I do think it would be really beneficial to people with kids. Certainly if you have very active kids and very active dogs and you're looking for a way to sometimes calm the dogs down while the kids play, this is a good way to do it.
1: Yeah. I'll post a video of Sherlock settling down into his bed.
0: Perfect. Um, I took a video of my dog's waiting uh, on the crosswalk and then uh, showed it to my fiancé, and she was like, you can't post that. She was like, that's not good brand representation. And I was like, why? She said, because you got poop bags tied all over their harnesses. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And she's right. I do have, like, three poop bags tied onto each dog's harness. But look... It's not a harness. It doesn't weigh anything. Yeah, but they're not trash dogs. My dogs are trash dogs. (laughs) Have you met them? Uh, It's a very super useful place. I don't like it when it's on the leash handle because it tickles my wrist. And if I leave it in my pants pockets, I they go through the washing, uh, the wash and dry.
1: Why don't you get a poop bag
0: holder? You know, I have the um, treat pouch you gave me, but also.
1: Also, this poop bag holder that I have is amazing. It's by this company called Wildebeest, like the animal. And it's a fabric bag, and it Velcros onto the actual leash so it doesn't flail around. Oh, that's nice. It, like, stays on the leash.
0: Okay, so maybe I'll I'll get a poop bag dispenser, and then I'll take a video of my dogs doing some stuff so that it's better Triple F brand representation.
1: Yes. None of that trash dog. So.
0: They more trash. <laughs> Spooky found a whole slice of pizza on the walk today.
1: Oh my god, I love it when Sherlock does that. Yeah,
0: she just like picked up a whole slice of pizza. And what's funny about Spooky is she knows she's not gonna have the time to eat it. And she knows I'm gonna tell her to Yeah, they it. just
1: take it up and walk with it for a little. Uh-huh. That's what Sherlock did too.
0: It's like one of her favorite games. They
1: were just like smiling with the pizza in their mouth. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> drop it. And then he just drops it. And then we <laughs>
0: walk. I just give her a couple seconds with it. Spooky has, um, she picked up an entire slice of pizza today, uh, had one bite taken out of it. Um, yesterday, she picked up a yogurt cup um, on the walk. A couple weeks ago, she found like a bag of, of hamburger buns, like a whole bag of <laughs> like tw- 20, 20 oh my hamburger God. buns. That, like, fell off of a car or something. And she she couldn't figure out how to pick up all of the hamburger buns. So she just stood over them and just looked at them. <laughs> I was like, come on, Spooky, let's go. And she's like, no. <laughs> no, there's all this food here.
1: Sherlock picked up a baguette once.
0: Oh, my God, how cute, though.
1: He was so happy. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Did we finalize this whole kid thing? That's a good point. Let's, like, 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 let's have a nice closing statement.
0: And then I'll clean out some of our conversation.
1: Yeah. I think it's really important to desensitize your dogs to whatever you can.
0: Teach your dog um, like a settle down or stay so you can help your dog be calm around uh, children.
1: And don't be afraid to tell children how to interact with your dog.
0: You can read them my poem.
1: Yeah, we'll post the poem. Okay. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, I don't think kids and dogs are necessarily a recipe for disaster, but I do think you need to be really, really careful. And, yeah, some dogs love kids. Great. I don't want to – that's not what we're talking about here. There are some dogs that just <laughs> straight, straight up love kids. Great. I'm so happy for you. But the vast majority of us have um, dogs that are kind of anxious about children. So
1: Sherlock, like, interacts with, like, his niece. The same way he interacts with iPhone noises. He just goes in a corner and shakes. (laughs) Until it's over.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, you know what? I know something I wanted to mention about kids and dogs. Don't let children put their face in front of a dog's face. A stranger's dog. In general, don't do face-to-face. Because um, it's just, um, face-to-face is how kids get bitten it just makes dogs nervous. Think about Sherlock today on the walk was face to face with a Husky and then suddenly decided he was uncomfortable and barked in that Husky's face. That can happen with a kid too. Yeah. We were eating, um, at a restaurant. We were in Joselito's in Montrose, your year old oh hometown. My God. We'd gone to the vet and we walked Freya over to Joselito's and had lunch outside as like a reward for handling the vet. And, uh... Some, you know, ton of people walking up and down that road and it's wide sidewalks. But like I could see from like a mile away, this like family had two young kids and I saw them like zero in on my dog, you know, and the kids just like take off, take off jogging for us. And the mom yells out, you know, wait, honey, you got to ask for permission. Um, And she stopped and the kid asked for permission Uh, And I said, yes, thank you so much for asking for permission. You know, Freya likes to be pet here on her neck. Uh, And this kid comes over to pet her on her neck, but literally like puts nose to nose with Freya. And Oh, no. You know, Freya's kind of asking for it um, because she wants to sniff the little kid's face and and the little kid wants to put her. But here's the thing. Freya's nose to nose with that that kid and that kid accidentally yanks too hard on her hair. Yeah. The situation is right there. Just don't do it. They don't need to yeah. have the licking and the teeth in the, in the face. Let's say that's an adult <laughs> activity, you know, where, <laughs> where you can appropriately accept the consequences for putting your face up to a dog's face.
1: Yeah, that's a great, yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it. Okay, so what's wagging?
0: Okay, so I found some wagging. Tails is maybe the wrong word because this story is about a French bulldog. Oh, nubs. Yeah, Cardi is uh, an eight year old French bulldog. Uh, she was rescued from a puppy mill six years ago. She has IVDD, which is intervertebral di- disc disease, uh, which is kind of happens in, in dogs like Frenchies and dachshunds and sometimes corgis, um, where one of the cushioning, the, the cushioning between the bones and the spine, um, deteriorates and sometimes they'll go paralyzed. And so this little dog Cardi, this little French bulldog, she was paralyzed at four, um, and she's owned by a vet tech, and she's like a little Instagram celebrity now. She's called Carton Cardi, and she's got this like super cool off road pink wheelchair, and oh, wow. her vet tech mommy like takes her all these cool places, and she poses in all these cool places, and um, she got she's going to be featured in a uh, calendar. That is twelve um, handicapable dogs for the calendar, Aww. which I think is so cool and so special. And you know, the proceeds from these ca- these calendars go back to help uh, these dogs that are wheelchair bound. And I just thought, like, it was so heartwarming to me because you watch these little videos of her running around in her wheelchair, and this dog just doesn't know any different. She's just no. got that big, huge French bulldog smile. And she's like. <sighs> And she like runs around and it's just so, It just makes me so happy um, that there's these people who are just willing to be, like, just put her in a chair. She'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I own a special needs dog and I've had to do a lot to keep her happy and healthy. And so it warms my heart to see other people doing it. I imagine Cardi, the French bulldog is wagging her little tush um, in her, in her heart since she can't actually wag her little tush. Oh, was that sad?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, the that was, you kind of ended on like a little bit of a sadness there. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'll redact it. Um, It just made me happy. It made me happy to see these dogs happy and smiling. And we'll drop the link for this calendar if you want to order one or if you want to donate or if you just want to follow this cute little um, Frenchie on uh, Instagram like I am. And, uh, you know, it is an uplifting story.
1: That's so cute. handy, capable
0: handy-capable pups.
1: Oh, dogs in wheelchairs are so fucking cute. There's
0: a lot of corgis in wheelchairs out there.
1: Shut up, I know.
0: Well, you know, it, it tends to happen... Um. Okay, first of all, genetics. You know, Sherlock came from a pretty good, stable breeding background because you did research. Um, you shouldn't have too much issue with that if you don't let him get obese and you keep him fit. Yeah. But it is tricky with long-backed dogs and... um herniated discs and, and back pain and all of those things are, are likely with dachshunds and corgis and bassets and French bulldogs yeah. and um, English bulldogs. I guess I never thought of French bulldogs having like long, particularly
1: long backs.
0: French bulldogs are kind of another whole issue. Um, French bulldogs are needy little creatures.
1: Yeah, they have a lot of problems.
0: And you know that they can't give birth naturally. No, you're. Are you confusing that with pugs? Maybe it's pugs too. They have to have yeah. cesareans.
1: Yeah, pugs have cesareans.
0: And then you can't like put them in an airplane, and you can't, uh, you can't put them in um, air air circulation kennels, which is what they use at uh, groomers to speed dry dogs. They use kennel dryers that hang on the outside. You can't put those on Boston's and bulldogs and. I guess it makes sense, any flat-faced dog. Yeah, the cephalactic cepha- cephal- face. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, we, we kind of got on, on two topics there. But don't let your dogs get fat, whether you have a dog that has a flat face and breathing issues or you have a dog with a long back. Don't let your got- dog get fat because that's how your dog is going to have um, the health issues. issues popping up. And so Cardi Carton Cardi still gets all the exercise she needs because of her little wheelchair. And uh, that's going to make her as healthy and happy as uh, she can possibly be. So it makes me happy, too.
1: That's so sweet.
0: That was my um, wagging tail for this week.
1: That was a good one. Yeah, Sherlock wasn't excited about anything this week, so.
0: Yeah, nothing good happened to my dogs this week.
1: They just have, you know, loving homes and stuff.
0: Yeah, they existed. They got two walks a day, a, a meal of raw meat, and like a bunch of kisses, you know. What else could they Yeah, but
1: nothing special.
0: Yeah. Frey is still doing well with her shot. Uh, I notice like the occasional scratch. I, I don't know if I'm like paranoid or like if she's just like being a dog and sometimes scratches something, or if I'm like, "Oh no, the shot's wearing off. Oh no uh, But I will keep, I'll keep the, the show up to date for other people. Yeah. I know a lot of people suffer from the allergy thing, and so if I can give a, a little bit of feedback on how Freya's is doing with her allergy shot, maybe it'll encourage or discourage people to, to do it themselves. So that's going to be the show. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out a lot. And don't forget, we're on Patreon. Uh, Triple F Dogcast um, there, as well as uh, Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can email us at triplefdogcast at gmail.com. And uh, thank you to our editing assistant, Kaylee. And thank you to bensound.com for our music. Bye. Bye.
1: right outside my window.
0: Wow, aren't you on
1: the like 34th floor? i on the 23rd floor, there's construction workers outside. Oh, no. They're like, oh my God. Well, funny enough, sorry, this is so random, but yesterday morning I, I had a tough night sleeping, so I slept in and you know, I'm unemployed. So it's not like I have to anything to wake up and do. And um, I'm literally in bed waking up and like rubbing my eyes and I look over and there's just like this guy staring at me and I was like oh my god he was just like on his way up and so I just kind of like covered my face and waved at him
0: (laughs) (laughs) and he waved back it was so embarrassing I mean did you have pajamas on? I was in bed yes I was wearing pajamas (laughs) (coughs) WHAT?! <coughs> <coughs>